Hello, sports fans of the Rio Grande Valley. This is your podcast host, Ray Silva of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. Don't forget, fans, we drop episodes every week here on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. This week's guest will feature a former player of UTRGB, Mr. Shaquille Hines. We go in-depth on what it takes to become a professional basketball player in Europe and talk about his career on how he got recruited and a little NBA bubble talk. Don't forget, fans, we drop episodes every week. Please enjoy the show. Hello, sports fans of the Rio Grande Valley, and thank you for joining me once again on another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. Don't forget, fans, you can listen in on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. You can also find our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, and on Spotify. Joining me today from the land of the free... (laughs) <laughs> this guy played basketball for UTRGV and also UTPA before the name merger. He is Shaquille Hines. Shaq, welcome into the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it a lot. Many, many, many thanks for joining us today. So listen, uh, I got to see a little bit of your career there at UTPA, UTRGB, and you had quite, quite the seller career there. But how did you get recruited into uh, UTRGB, UTPA? How, how did that recruitment uh, start for you, and how, and how did you get acclimated to Texas so quickly? So for me, uh. Ryan Marks and Tim Anderson, they are Chicago natives. So, and I'm from Chicago. So, uh, Tim Anderson actually knew me from playing high school ball in Chicago because, you know, he was a high school coach before he went to UTPA. So, he knew me all this time and everything. And once I went away for, for prep school after my senior year in high school, me and TA, Tim Anderson, stayed in contact. And, um, uh, they came to visit me in Chicago, you know, put me through some workouts, put me through some couple uh, uh, plays and systems and everything. And uh, after that, they offered me. And uh, at that point, I felt I can trust Tim Anderson and Ryan Marshall in my career. You know, they were Chicago natives, and they were just telling me that I can come there and play right away. You know, that was my thing. I wanted to go to college and play. I didn't want to go sit on the bench. I didn't want to – I wanted to go play. And they promised me that and said, if I work hard, you know, I can come and play. And uh, that's, that's what happened when I got there. You know, of course, I had to work hard and learn the system and everything. But I got there and I got acclimated pretty quick. Uh, I had a decent freshman year. And um, after my freshman season, everything was just up from there. So, yeah, that's pretty much how the story went. <laughs> yeah, and I remember watching you play uh, very frequently, uh, just sitting there in the scores table. Uh, and whatnot, but uh, what I most recall was your senior year where uh, the the team had just gotten into the Western Athletic Conference, the WAC Conference, uh-huh. the coaching change. How 
how how did that affect you uh, emotionally from the people who brought you in to see a coaching change happen? How how was that transition like? And 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 before you answer that question, how how easy for you uh, or how difficult for you was it to change from a big city like Chicago all the way to a small uh, to a small uh, cities here in Texas? Well, yeah, you know that was that was the hard part. I was definitely uh, coming from a big city and just moving out to that small town, Edinburgh, McAllen area. Uh, just, just, just an overall, like completely difference from my city and where I grew up at. But uh, I'm a cool guy, a nice guy, so it, it wasn't hard for me to to transition. But it definitely was a culture shock for me coming down there, for sure. But uh, I adapt quickly, you know. I was down there for school and basketball, so I just look, looked at it like that. And I also knew a couple guys on the team already that was from Chicago, so we became pretty close. We still talk to this day. And we became re really good friends, and we kind of made it our own thing, you know, down there. We made it our own. So, you know, I still got love for Edinburgh and McAllen. That will always be my second home, you know, so I, I um, actually love it there. As I'm being joined by former UTPA UTRGV basketball player Shaquille Hines, how difficult was it uh, for you during a, a coaching transition, uh, knowing that Coach Ryan Marks brought you in, and so did uh, Coach uh, Tim Anderson? How was that transition like trying uh, trying to play into a different system? How difficult was that? So that transition actually happened my sophomore year. So. Mm -hmm. My freshman year, I played under Marks, and right after my freshman year, they fired Marks and brought in Coach Hipster. And uh, luckily, I, I got to spend a spring with him and a summer with him. Uh, and just being in his practices and, uh, and his workouts, you know, it was a better fit for my game basketball-wise. So I immediately – I liked that immediately, you know. So once I saw that I can play in his system, you know, I I thought about uh, maybe uh, I I should stay, but initially I did want to transfer. I, I wanted to get out of there. I, of course, I'm like, this is not my coach. He didn't recruit me here. You know, it's going to be the next year. He's going to bring the guys he want, and I'm mean, he's going to put me to the bag and stuff like that. So, but and I actually went to him and said, yeah, I'm going to transfer, and he actually convinced me not to transfer. <laughs> so he convinced me not to transfer, so I ended up staying. And my first year under him was like a great year for me. Uh, Average almost 13 points and six rebounds, you know, uh, playing his system. So after that year, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm cool here. I would stay. So the transition wasn't so hard basketball-wise. I would just say mentally it was hard because he didn't recruit me in. Like the coach who recruited me got fired. And uh, I didn't know what to expect from uh, Coach Hipster because I hear so many stories about new coaches coming in and recruiting over guys and stuff like that, but I was always confident in my game and my ability, and I knew that I was going to be on the floor no matter what. So the transition wasn't so hard. And the transition wasn't hard. You, you just kept excelling and excelling all the way through your senior year. And mm -hmm. during your senior year, how bittersweet was it for you? You were going to leave with the degree you're – 
Uh-huh. You were thinking about playing pros. How difficult uh-huh. was it to judge uh, either going pro in basketball or going professional in your degree of suit? Uh, what, what, what was so difficult about choosing one or the other? Um, you know, for that, like I said, uh, I believe in myself and I work hard. So the summer prior to my senior year, I worked hard, you know, to have a good senior year that I had. So I knew if I worked hard and have a good senior year, my chances of going pro will be, you know, easier. But of course, it's never easy going pro or whatever. But uh, after my senior season, after I graduated and, you know, my college basketball career was over, you know, I once uh, I hired an agent and everything uh, during my whole senior year. Uh, different agents and stuff is contacting me and hitting me up. So from that standpoint, that's when I knew, like, okay, I have a chance to go pro, whether it's G League, overseas, whatever. Because of uh, the the interaction I was getting from different agents, you know, like it was tons of agents hitting me up and telling me I can do this, I can play, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, you know, I feel good. So at that point, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm, I'm going pro. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going to graduate with my degree. And after I'm done playing basketball, I will consider, you know, working towards my degree in that field. But I knew right away that I knew right away after my senior year that I wanted to go pro. So it wasn't a hard decision for me. And, you know, you, you talk about making that decision during that summertime, uh, establishing the workouts, uh, getting in contact with agents. At, at that time, how can you just explain how difficult it is to try to put your studies and perhaps a professional career in, in the balance? How di- how difficult was that for you? Uh, being, yeah, you know, go ahead. Uh, being pursued by agents uh, that have represented many pros in different leagues uh, as compared to you trying to finish up your studies trying just trying to remain eligible to continue playing just how difficult is that on, on a scale like g- g- right. give me a, uh, a a scenario here like just the difficulty you're on, on your case well yeah. well yeah that's uh i would say that's definitely the most challenging part for a college athlete like just like you said that scenario where it's your senior year you got to focus on graduating focus on having a good senior season and then you, you're hearing from agents and you got to worry about turning pro. So I think that's like the, that was the, I mean, the most difficult part about my college career. And I'm not saying that it's, it's, a, it's, it's difficult, but just for my overall college career, that was definitely the most challenging part of my career because of, you know, it's people pulling you each way. Uh, you know, it's, you got your parents, you got your coaches, you got your friends, you got, now you got agents. And they all have different opinions and different thoughts about everything. And then you have your own opinion and different thoughts from yourself and for yourself. So then, you know, it's it's somewhat pressure. You know, it's pressure to graduate, pressure to finish school, do this paper. Oh, now, now I have a game this weekend. We travel. Now it's pressure to perform well, uh, play good. Now you have agents contacting you and saying, hey, man, now it's pressure to, you know, uh, it's pressure to put on for them. You got agents coming to your game. You got D-League. Coaches coming to your game, you know, it's pressure to perform in front of those guys because you, you know they're there. So I would definitely say uh, for my whole college career, that was definitely the most challenging uh, part of my college career. But I enjoyed it. Like, I, I wouldn't take it back. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I wouldn't change it. I'll do it again if I have to. 
As I'm being joined by Shaquille Hines, a former member of the UTRGV UTPA basketball team. Shaquille, I got to ask you, you, you know, after you finish your senior year uh -huh. here in Edinburgh, how did you go to any tryouts for G League teams? How was that process like for you, just attending uh, tryouts here in the United States before making that uh, jump to Europe? What were some of the, the what were some of the difficult uh, things that you had to go through just to go to G League tryouts before making a decision in either direction? Well, the difficult part is just the unknown. Like you just don't know what teams are looking like, what teams are thinking about you, or like how do they really feel about you? Because it's so it's so much part of my friends, but so much like ass kissing or like you know. So you just don't know. You know, there's a lot of politics, and everything. But yeah, I had a couple workouts uh, with with the Portland Trailblazers and uh, the uh, Vipers G League team. You know, workouts that went well. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just the difficult part is just you just don't know what they're really thinking. You know, because uh, it's like yo, you you brought me here, uh, so you must like my game and like how I play and think I have a shot or a future. But then you don't communicate with me while I'm here, you know. So it's just weird like that. But uh, so once once I understood that part, like if they want you, they you're gonna know you're gonna know they want you. So the fact that I didn't know they want they wanted me, that's when I said, okay, I'm gonna just take my talents to Europe, and that's what I did. And w once you attended the tryouts here statewide uh, here in the United States. What made you jump from okay, from USA going to Europe? What what was the the major deciding factor for you? The major deciding factor was the fact that I wasn't getting a definite answer from the teams. So say like the Portland Trailblazers, I wanted to go work out for them. Uh, I had like a, a, a mini camp to play summer league, so I was down there for a week training and working out with them, and then they cut me before summer league started, you know? So, like, stuff like that, like, okay, they don't really want me, so now it's time to take my talents to Europe. And what – how was your first season trying to get acclimated to European basketball? How did you endure in your, in your first campaign overseas? And how were the game environments like uh, compared to what you see here in the United States? Uh, well, you know – uh, so my first year, I played in Sweden, the Sweden top league, which is, you know, it's an okay league for a rookie, you know, so I played pretty well, you know, I got adjusted pretty quickly. Uh, and, that's, and that's just because of, like, the trust for my coaches that I had and my teammates that I had down there, because once you feel that trust from your teammates and your coaches, you know, now you're just going to play your style of playing your game. Like I said, I was a confident player. And I believe in myself. So I just know once I get an opportunity to play how I want to play, you know, things will happen the way I want them to happen. As I'm being joined by Shaquille Hines, former member of the UTRGV UTPA basketball team. Hey, Shaq, I just got to continue asking you about the European basketball sy okay. system. Uh, over there, they play a little bit more Euro style, whereas uh -huh. here in the United States, they play a little bit more traditional to the NBA. How wow. did how did your game uh, change 
your way of thinking going to Europe? Like, what adjustments did you make in order to get acclimated over there? Well, yeah, uh, tons of film study for sure. But uh, like you said, it's definitely a difference, the style of play. Uh, I tell people all the time, um, your basketball is like every single second possession matters. Like, it's excruciating every possession. You know, it's like a nail-biting every possession pretty much. But it's no, like, it's, it's no free plays. Like, in the NBA, they have, you know, it's free plays, guys. Over in Europe, no free plays, man. You got to play from start to finish hard. But for me, uh, the biggest change was, you know, like uh, traveling rules and uh, the goaltending rules. You know, it was a big adjustment for me, which actually uh, hindered, hindered my game because, you know, we grew up playing our style, you know, our whole life. And then one year you go to Europe and the whole style just changed. So, you know, you have to adjust quickly. And for my rookie year, that actually changed my whole game, actually, because uh, just like simple stuff like you can't rip through. You know, that's a travel in Europe. You know, that's like, that's part of that's part of basketball for us. Like, that's the first thing we learn. And the fact that when you go to Europe, you can't even do that move as a travel. So I, w- I would say things like that, you know, those, pretty, those things are pretty difficult for me. But I'm going into my fifth year now. So I kind of adjusted now. Now now I know the game. I know the system. And I enjoy, you know, playing basketball in Europe for sure. And – are, are what team are you signed with currently in in Europe right now? Um, so, yeah, so I just signed to a team in Hungary, the top division in Hungary, a team called Diac, which is D E A C. So yeah, uh, I actually leave next week, so I'm looking forward to going out there and playing to compete, you know, at a high level. And now I'm just trying to win a championship, honestly. And, and what's the main fo- focus on your game that you've had to improve uh, since leaving the United States to uh, pursuing your professional career in Europe? Like, what's the uh, I would thing? Say, uh, no, I would say it's two things for me. is like my body, my, my, like my body, my, my physicality, and, and, of course, like shooting. You know, being, being a forward over in Europe, you know, you, you, have to, you have to be able to shoot, you know, because – we don't do too much playmaking. Like, the plays are for us, you know, to shoot, cut, you know, run the floor, stuff like that. But got to be able to shoot. So I would say for me, this, this is my physicality to my body and shooting. And now just, you know, for, for folks here in the, in the United States that uh, understand the NBA and, 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 the Euro, and the Euro ball, what's probably the piece of advice that you would want to give to uh, college seniors that, okay, if the G League isn't for me and if I go play overseas, what's the number one advice that you give them? Uh, if the G League isn't for you and you want to go play overseas, do it. You know, just do it. Don't think about it. Just go over there and do it. Because for me, like I said, I'm going into my fifth year, and I think, you know, that, that was the best decision for me to go to Europe and play instead of, trying to go to the G League and play because in the G League, you can get stuck, you know, because you got to think about if you go play with the, just say the the Lakers G League team, but if they just drafted a rookie and he's not playing, with, he's not playing, they got to put him on a G League team and he playing the, the whole game. And that could be your position that you play, but he has to play because he's a draft pick, you know, and you're just assigned to the G League team. Now you're the, 
the the 12th man now, you know. So if the G League isn't for you, do not be afraid to go to Europe. I know guys in Europe that's making 300000 a season, uh, 500000 a season, a million a season, whatever. But you have to know that you're going to start at the bottom, you know. I started at the bottom. My, my first year I was making, just to throw numbers, I was making – under two thousand per month in my first year, and now I'm now I'm up in the six figure range now. You know, but but it take time. You know, you got to keep growing and keep progressing, and keep getting better, and just, and just believe in yourself. You know, and just don't give up. Honestly, what's been the the favorite thing about playing overseas so far? I mean, of course, the, my favorite thing is just like be, being in Europe, like being being cultured. You know, when I come home, like I said, now I'm my you know, going to my fifth year. You know, I, I've been everywhere pretty much. I've been to Asia, uh, so I played in China, I played in Taiwan, you know, I played in Greece, Sweden, Germany, I've been to Belgium, France, you know, so I think that's the good part, just traveling and just seeing the world in a different different point of view. And of course, I love to compete, and I love basketball, and you're getting paid for it, you know. And what's the most thing that that has surprised you about playing overseas? Like, what has surprised you the most? You know what surprised me the most is uh, how uh, how Americanized most of these countries are. Like I've been to, I played in Germany and uh, Sweden and, and China and stuff like that, and that surprised me the most is uh, how Americanized most of these countries are. That's that's the biggest surprise for me. Hmm. Very very interesting. Um, yeah. As I'm being joined by Shaquille Hines, a uh, former UTRGV UTPA basketball player. I gotta leave you with two more questions. Going back to the NBA, NBA is coming back to the NBA bubble now. Who's your Who's your favorite to win it there in Orlando? Who's your favorite? <laughs> um, you know it's tough. Uh, but I would like to see the Clippers win. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. I would. I would like to see Clippers and Boston in the finals. Uh, but who's your dark horse favorite if it isn't Boston or the Clippers? Who's your dark horse? My dark horse, I would say the Bucks. Dark horse Bucks. Mm, yeah, that, that's they're my, a very good team. Yeah, yeah that's my dark horse. I I, I, I would say the Bucks. Uh, for I would me, say the Bucks. For me, I can see uh, Boston coming out of the East, and yeah. I would, and I could probably see the other LA team, the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, those are. I mean, that's pretty much what it's probably going to come down to. Uh, but, for me, and... but for me, like, this might be a little bit of a homer pick. I am rooting for the Mavericks to be the real dark, dark horse. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I don't know. That's, I mean, I mean, look, right now they're floundering six, seven, eight, but uh, they the for sure. They they future, look like though. a future con- they look like a future contender for sure if they can keep their act together and not you know, blow it up like they did uh, years back you know yeah when Nash and uh Dirt yep uh, when and now they have uh, Luca and the unicorn uh, Kitsap Porzingis yeah they they are the, they definitely the future man I'm looking forward to watching them play Luca is a great great player already. And uh, I like Porzingis. They have a lot of pieces around them. Tim Hardaway Jr. So I'm looking forward to them, actually, man. I I hope this year's playoff will be fun to watch. You know, I got to leave you with this last question. What What's your favorite 
place to be in Europe? And, and what's and like what's kind of like that favorite cheat meal that uh, that you as a basketball player love to have? Uh, uh, I would say uh, my favorite place I've been. Mm -hmm. I'll probably say uh, uh, Frankfurt, Germany. Okay. You know, just just how how Americanized it is. You know, they have tons of American restaurants. You know, everybody speaks English. It's just the whole lifestyle is like so American. But mm -hmm. so I would say Frankfurt, Germany, is my favorite place I've been uh, in Europe. And I'll say my 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 cheat meal honestly is like cookies, man. I I, I love cookies. <laughs> so nice. yeah. Yeah, you know the the uh the golden Oreos. That's my favorite. Oh meal. my <laughs> man, man, that's man. that's a sweet spot right there, man. Oh my god, oh my god. So yeah, I would say that's my cheat meal right there. So sure. the very very last question, you know, you talk about the the sweet meals. You've been in Europe. How has any other sport aside from basketball grown in you? Like I know you like here in America you you would watch right. your NFL, your MLB. Uh-huh. What, what what favorite sport now do you follow that you didn't do it here in the United States? <laughs> uh honestly, I keep up with uh European basketball. Okay. So yeah, for sure. Like I didn't do that at all when I was in America. I I I, I barely even knew. Mm -hmm. But I actually watched tons of European basketball, like Euro League and stuff like that. I love it. It's, it's, it's a great basketball. So I definitely, that's what I keep up with for sure. For sure. Nice, nice. I mean, if if it wasn't for the Mavericks ever uh, trading for um, Luka Donacic, I would have never heard of Real Madrid basketball, to be honest with you. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, me being in Europe, I knew Luka like I, I was telling my family and you know, my brothers and stuff when they got to Luca, I said, "Oh yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be nice." Cause like he's he won MVP in the Euro League. Like mm -hmm. of course you guys don't know how hard that is and how tough that is for a kid to do, but the fact that he won MVP in the Euro League at 18 years old, I knew from the jump that he was going to be a good good player. And that's because I I watch and, European basketball now. And the only way I also found out about European basketball is, you know, the, the Vipers down here uh, locally. Well, they won the, the G League championship, and then they made that trip to Europe to play a uh, Spain-based club and a Italian basketball club. Okay, that's, what oh. kinda, that's where I kind of like, okay, I started doing researching a little bit in, in Europe, and then jo Joseph Blair, their former head coach, uh, he was a big star over there when he played for Arizona. He made the transition to uh to europe as well so it's it's nice to see that okay if there aren't many pro opportunities here in the state sides they'll just jump overseas and i'm glad that you're having a successful career i wish you Thank nothing you. but the best moving Thank forward you. uh we'll keep in touch hopefully i can have you uh, on on another episode soon and i uh wish you nothing but the best going forward many thanks to shaquille hine for joining us thank you thank, thanks for having me man I appreciate you just let me know uh, when you want me to get back on and hopefully we can do this again many thanks thank you sportsmans of the Rio Grande Valley for listening to another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast this is your host Ray Sova 
If you want to log on and listen to all of our other episodes, then follow our page on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. You can also find our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Apple iTunes Store. Don't forget, we drop an episode every week on anchor.fm forward slash STBS.